Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade, and I'm the minister here. Um, I'm going to lead you through just the announcements part today, and uh, Reverend Dennis Lee is one of our retired ministers in the congregation, and um, he's going to lead us in our worship service. Everybody's making fun of me for dressing nicer on a day when I'm not preaching than the day when I am preaching. Which of, um, I, guess the, I guess the reason I did it is I'm going to traditional and I won't have the robe to cover up. And so I'll uh, um, a little dressier today. Let me tell you a couple things. Um, we have an exploring membership class today at 10 o'clock in the social hall. We have it every first Sunday of the month. And uh, we might have two people, we might have 20 people. Um, but today, our confirmation class is going to help us explain to you um, the things that we hold uh, very dear as United Methodists, and particularly here at Memorial, things that we want to do. First Wednesday dinner is this Wednesday. So when the attendance register goes by, if you would like to attend the meal, if you'll put out from your name dinner and uh, dash, and then the number of people that will be coming to the dinner. Um, to make sure we get a decent headcount. We have a um, guest speaker at the dinner. We do that sometimes. Is from Mentor Upstate, and that's going to be Jennifer Medlock. And so we encourage you uh, to come to our uh, first Wednesday dinner. Confirmation continues today at 10 o'clock in the social hall, and again, that will be with our, uh, well, our uh, exploring membership class, making sure that uh, everybody's together. They're pondering membership as well, and we'll be joining our church soon. Uh, if they decide to do so, and they can help us in that, uh, explaining that. If you'll pray for our uh, confirmation class next weekend, uh, won't be here. Um, we will all be at Lake Junaluska, which is a great United Methodist uh, place up in North Carolina, uh, not far off of 40. We'll be up there for the weekend, uh, learning all sorts of powerful things for confirmation. Um, mission and service. Today we have our first uh, guest speaker. We're going to have guest speakers for the next eight weeks. These guest speakers will be from service agencies in our community, helping us understand uh, who they are, what their agency is, and how we can help. Uh, the long-term effort of this, of hearing uh, from these people, is for us to, um, as efficiently as possible, gain excellence in what we're trying to do here through our volunteers so that we can use our volunteers outside the church um, to help these amazing service agencies that... Um, reach out to the community. So today is Mike Malone. Mike is from uh, Favor, Greenville, and they help people in recovery in all sorts of ways, and he's going to speak to you directly after the children's sermon today. I believe that is all of our announcements. Uh, so let's begin our worship service. Please stand and sing with us. Oh. 
mercy and I sing about your love, your goodness, Lord, your righteousness. I want to sing a song of your faithfulness, a song of your grace, and of your loving kindness to the glory of your name. With everything that's in me, Lord, listen to me say, I want to sing a song for you. I want to sing a song. thank you for today. Uh, thank you that we woke up again and we're given the opportunity to spend our day uh, glorifying you. I pray that this morning as uh, Dennis speaks and as Mike speaks, um, that you'll speak through them um, and that they'll hear a little something more about you, how we can serve in this community and um, how we can glorify you even more. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Everyone 
I want to give you all the opportunity during the children's sermon to raise your hand for a prayer card. You can share that prayer card uh, with, uh, with us and it will be mentioned in the worship service and will also be prayed over at our Tuesday prayer group. So if you want to raise your hand for a prayer card, an usher will bring you one and uh, Reverend Lee will pray for it. Or you could just wait until the children's sermon's over and we'll be happy to pass it out since we have them all up here. I'm just saying. Okay, so hey, guys, good morning. How you doing? What was last, what was last, last Easter? What was last Sunday? Easter. Ryan's going back in time. He went to Palm Sunday. But um, Ellie says that, that it was Easter and I totally agree. Totally Okay, so Easter. What was um, really cool about Easter is that that's kind of like our saving grace, right? What? Okay, so just think about that. So I have this, it might be a little gross. I'm just going to be honest. It might be a little gross. Do you guys ever get stuff in your ears that your mommies or daddies or grandparents have to clean out? No. No, Thomas's ears are perfect. Um... No, Hattie's too. Okay, well, I'm just going to tell you, in our house, we grow sweet potatoes in our ears. We do. We call them sweet potatoes because they are the color of sweet potatoes. And um, I really like detailed cleaning, so I quite enjoy the cleaning of the ears. But it's kind of, 
Okay, here's the deal. We may not all talk about it, but we all get it, right? We all get the stuff in our ears. Okay, so do these look familiar? Yeah, okay. Well, we, um, downstairs, mom and dad keep these Q-tips, and then upstairs, the kids have a different kind of Q-tip, but here's the gross part. I cleaned Bailey's ears this morning. One, two, three, four, five, about six. Six Q-tips is what it took. There was one really, really gross one. But here's the deal. I'm telling you, you have it, and your brothers and sisters have it, and your mommies and daddies have it. We get sweet potatoes or whatever you guys call it in your ears. Okay, so it's really hard. Have you ever had mommy or daddy, like, with a Q-tip, just kind of rub and rub and rub and as hard as they try, there's still stuff in there, isn't there? Yeah, okay, so I use this really magic stuff called, we call it tickle stuff in our house, but it's just rubbing alcohol. So it's really cold when it touches your ears, and it kind of tickles, ooh! And it is almost magical with the earwax, I'm telling you. Okay, so it's gross, and it's really random for Sunday morning green carpet time, but... Here's where it all comes together. So I try really hard every day, some days harder than others, to be nice to everybody. Do you guys try hard to be nice to everybody? You do? I'm going to tell you the truth. Some days I'm not good at it. As much as I try, I'm just not good at it. No matter what I say, it comes out wrong. No matter what I do, if I'm tired, it's even worse. Man, I am just a grump. Okay. So that's kind of like our earwax. We all have it, okay? We all have grumpy days, and we all have, as much as we try by ourselves, as much as you rub with the Q-tip without the tickly stuff, it's still there. The earwax is still there. Well, Bailey did this really cool thing this morning. Do you remember what she did? She took our two yucky ear uh, Q-tips, and she went like this. mommy look I made a cross I said yes you did Bailey that's so cool and then I thought the earwax is on there and when Jesus died for us he took all of the yucky stuff and he helps it go away so easily like the tickle stuff does okay and try and try and try as we may do every day or every other day to be good and nice and kind and do the right thing. It is so hard to do the right thing without the help of Jesus. Okay? So this week, I'm going to try really hard, and I want you guys to try really hard to ask for help. Okay? Ask for help so that even though we try and use our own muscles and power to do good things, that we can ask for the help of Jesus, and it will become easier. Okay, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Q-tips, and thank you for sweet potatoes, and thank you for the alcohol, the rubbing alcohol that gets our ears clean. And thank you for your love, 
and that you died to make our sins go away. In Jesus' name, amen. Good job. As Rochelle said, if you would like to raise your hand uh, during this time, we'll bring you a card and you can share that with us. Um, so I'm going to call Mike forward. Uh, Mike Malone is the operations director at Faber Greenville, and they do all sorts of stuff to help people in, um, and, and their families in addiction and recovery. And I'm going to let him explain all of that to us. Thanks, Joe. Uh, good morning, everybody. Sometimes it's important for me to just settle into the present kind of experience, get a little comfortable. But yeah, my name is Mike Malone, and I'm a person in long-term recovery. I feel very honored to be here today to have this opportunity to share a little bit about favor and how it can help y'all and how, how y'all can help us. But what it means for me today to be a person in long-term recovery is that I haven't found the need to have a drink or take a drug for a little bit over five years now, and that's afforded me a life. I appreciate that. Uh, that's afforded me a life that's um, beyond my wildest dreams in many ways. I get, to, I get to be a son today in a way that I wasn't always able to be a good son. I get to be a, a brother today in a way I wasn't always able to be a good brother. I get to be a a loving boyfriend. Um, well, I might actually be able to have a loving girlfriend. You got to talk to her about me being a loving boyfriend. <laughs> but I get to have a loving girlfriend. I get to have a really cool job. I get to live a healthy lifestyle. Uh, I get to be a part of the community in all sorts of cool ways that keep me busy and engaged and connected to y'all. And importantly, too, I get to have this relationship with God that I was never able to experience in active addiction, but I always wanted to. And that's a little bit of the backstory that's important to mention because I know there are people struggling with this issue individually and within their families and the community at large is affected by addiction. Uh, and it's nothing to be ashamed of, though a lot of us feel that way. At, at Favor, uh, you know, we help people that are facing this sort of thing. And we try to engage them in a process of recovery, both on the individual side and on the family side, that helps them live the kind of life I'm talking to you about that I get to live today. Um, I'm the operations director there, and so I'm, I'm really on the front lines a lot with the people I work with. And basically, we, in a nutshell, offer recovery support services to the people that are dealing with this sort of thing. And we, we have family support groups. We have support groups for spouses or significant others. We have individual support groups for people that struggle with addiction themselves. We have uh, a one-on-one -on -one peer support service on both sides of it too that's called recovery coaching. It's sort of this new thing in the addictions treatment field. Uh, we do a lot of education too on training recovery coaches, educating the community on uh, what the disease of addiction is. And we really do believe it's a disease at favor. It's 
It's a disease that centers in the brain and uh, it's treatable just like d diabetes is treatable or cancer is treatable. Now the treatment doesn't always take, of course, in the same way it doesn't with people that have diabetes or cancer, but it is treatable. And our lives can change and we can get better. We engage people too in, in things that are community oriented and fun. We have a program called Adventures in Recovery that involves all sorts of things from hiking to whitewater rafting to rec league softball. In fact, we just had softball practice yesterday. We're pretty excited about that coming up. Our, our team's called the Sobertooth Tigers. Um, and most importantly, I hope to make y'all aware that there is a social service out there uh, that specializes in helping people that struggle with this. We are a nonprofit organization. We're a 501c3. And most of our uh, sustenance comes through community donations. We, we operate on some grants and some... Uh, some government help as well, but most of our support comes through community donations just like churches do. And if, if y'all really want to know how you can help out, uh, you can donate your time, talent, and treasure, as we say. Any of those that you feel you want to give to favor, we'd certainly be welcome to get you involved in giving them. And also, you know, we, we'd love to help you, and, and you help us by letting us help you. If you are somebody who's dealing with this or you know somebody who's dealing with this and I guarantee everybody in the audience has some friend, some cousin, some brother, some parent, some spouse, some child that is facing addiction issues, you know, come check us out. Uh, we have a really cool website that explains a little bit more and you're welcome to come by the facility anytime. Uh, we are a pop-in center, you know, we're open 9 to 6 Monday through Friday, 9 to 8 actually. We have a meeting on Saturdays at noon that anybody's welcome to attend. Our executive director, Rich Jones, gives a pretty cool lecture on those Saturdays. And that would be a great place to come get sort of exposed to what we're all about. And uh, lastly, I just, I just want to really make sure anybody who is dealing with or this or knows somebody who's dealing with this, please don't be ashamed of it and please reach out for help and please seek out some information because there is a better way to live, and though uh, I don't truly believe addiction is our fault in most ways, it's just something that kind of finds us and happens to us, like all these issues we struggle with in life, uh, recovery is sort of our responsibility, you know, um, and not just for the individuals who are specifically struggling with it, but uh, for those of us that know those who are. I, uh, I'll close with this. I, I just went to a funeral yesterday for one of our volunteers, her son died of an overdose in Florida on Easter Sunday. And I don't mean to be too dismal about this, but this is real world stuff. This is what's happening. Uh, with the prescription drug epidemic, I would almost call it now, you know, the face of addiction, it really kind of has changed. It's not just the old white guy who drinks too much um, or the, the brown bag trench coat wearing guy who lives under a bridge. I mean, this really does touch all of us. Uh, and there's help out there. And I really appreciate the opportunity, Joe, for letting me come speak a little bit about, bit about favor. And I hope y'all look into it. And I encourage you to get involved if you're interested. Thank you very much.
Let us turn now to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, we praise you for your creation, especially for the beauty of the world of nature around us. We worship you and look to you as God of all wisdom and power and love. We also look to you as the God of justice and fairness and mercy and peace. So together we praise your name for you alone are holy. In the presence of your goodness, we are very much aware of our own sinfulness. We confess our slowness to learn of Christ. We are a people who long to be loving, but are often a people who fail. Give us the courage to put ourselves into your hands and to accept the forgiveness and freedom that come only from you. We pray, O oh Lord, for those who are in need. We pray for Carl and Denise Smith. We pray for Emily Register, who will have surgery soon. And also for Allie Fortune, who is having surgery on Friday. We remember all who are sick, the depressed, the anxious. Heal and strengthen them, we pray. We remember all who grieve this day, whatever the loss may be, and pray that they will be comforted by the presence of your Holy Spirit. Oh Lord, help us in all things to look to you for guidance. By your spirit, show us the right path to take each day at work, at home, at school, in our church, and in the community. All these things we pray through Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our scripture background comes from the book of the Acts of the Apostles. I'll be reading in chapter 4, beginning with verse 32. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was with them all. There were no needy persons among them. 
For from time to time, those who owned lands or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone as he had need. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, sold the field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, Easter is now past, isn't it? The signs are all around us. The Easter lilies are beginning to wilt and uh, turn brown. Uh, school begins tomorrow for, or resumes again tomorrow for most people. And about all that's left in the children's Easter egg baskets are chocolate crumbs. Yes, Easter has come and gone. But when we read the New Testament, we see that for the followers of Jesus, Easter never ended. Since Jesus was raised from the dead on Sunday, the early Christians changed their day of worship to Sunday. They celebrated the resurrection of Jesus every Sunday. Every Sunday was a little Easter. So in the, in the weeks following Easter, for them, the resurrection story did not peter out. It was just building up a head of steam. After the initial shock of the resurrection wore off, the disciples began to understand uh, the meaning of all that had happened. They didn't settle back into their old habits and customs, they would never be the same again. Their Lord wasn't like a burned-out meteor. He was a living presence. God had done a new thing. The world would be forever changed. And new meaning was given to everything, even pain, even suffering, was viewed from a different perspective after the resurrection. <clears throat> Today's scripture lesson gives an interesting um, description of a group of those early disciples or followers of Jesus. I want to read again from verse 32. No one claimed that any of his possessions was his own but they shared everything they had. That's rather hard to believe, isn't it? Everything they owned was held in common. The scripture cites the example of Barnabas, who owned a field, and he went and sold it and gave the money to the apostles, and they used that money to help anyone who was in need. It sounds like a description of what um, we might call communal living, but it was unlike any communes, past or present, 
that I'm aware of. A plan of shared living that's described here in Acts was not the result of some theory of economics or theory of politics. It was not some rebellion against society. It was the result of feeling the presence of Christ in their midst in a special way. And with that feeling of love in their midst, the followers were changed. It led them to a radical sharing with one another. The spirit of the risen Christ that guided those disciples also guides us. Easter for us is not a one-day celebration. We too remember the meaning of Easter. A resurrection faith finds expression in all that we do as a church. <clears throat> I think, for example, of how the spirit of Easter motivates us to be in mission. Through the apportionments, which are a big part of our um, benevolent giving, we as a congregation are, are touching the lives of people all over the world in the name of Christ. And in addition to that, there are individuals here in our congregation who volunteer in various agencies in the community. And so we ask, are these actions taken because our bishop or our district superintendent or our pastor says we ought to do those things? No, missions is something we can't help but do. The love of Christ compels us to reach out to others. The early disciples set the standard. In verse 33, we read these words. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Following the resurrection, the disciples didn't fade from the scene. Instead, the church was born, and it grew irresistibly over weeks and months and years. And then over the centuries, the church has grown, and now it's spread all around the globe. So Easter, as an annual calendar event, has come and gone. But Easter as a spirit continues. The resurrection of Jesus was a one and only kind of event. But testimony or witness to the resurrection, and that's a different matter. Witness to the resurrection goes on and on. We see that spirit at work in many ways. We see it in the lives of people who are changed. We see it when old attitudes are changed, old behaviors are changed. We see it when people are loving each other and forgiving each other and encouraging each other. All of those things are testimony to the resurrection faith. 
as Joe mentioned over the next several weeks, there's going to be an emphasis on supporting the service agencies in our area. And I think that's particularly appropriate following Easter because it leads us to ask what new ways can we witness to our faith in the risen Lord? Since we heard from Mike about the work of Favor Greenville, <clears throat> let's think briefly about what a Christian response to individuals with addictions could possibly be. How does our love of Christ apply in practical ways to people who are suffering from addiction? Well, our response can begin by noting, as Mike did, that addiction is a disease. And it can happen to any of us. We can become addicted to drugs or, or alcohol or work or money or pornography or food or most anything. And the factors that contribute to addiction are many, and they are varied. And what we need to know is that the condition of addiction is not a pleasant one. People report to us that they feel hurt and lonely and sometimes very desperate. What then can be a Christian response to folks dealing with addiction? Well, two words come to my mind, and they are caring and support. We can care, and we can give support. But what does that really look like? What can we do as a church? Well, for one thing, we can make sure that we have a safe and welcoming place here for people to come to. For another thing, we can provide financial support to agencies that help people in recovery. But then what could my personal individual response look like? Well, I think it could mean letting a person know that he or she is not alone. It means walking together, praying together, crying together, rejoicing together. It means building relationships one-on-one, -on -one, and that might make us feel uncomfortable. But we are told that recovery is communal. By that I mean Seldom, if ever, can someone recover alone. Experience shows that the journey to recovery is extremely difficult. It's a moment-by-moment -moment process. There are ups and downs that are guaranteed. And on the road to recovery, one might slip back. Three times, seven times, 13 times, or more. 
and especially during those times, that it's important for us to encourage. We believe that with God, we can always begin anew. Furthermore, we believe that God is always with us wherever we are, in whatever condition we may find ourselves. And that's something we need to try to communicate. And then one other thing I think deserves being said. We're a people of hope. We're people of hope even when things appear to be hopeless. And it's not, oh, everything's going to be all right kind of hope. It's a hope that's grounded in God. A hope that never dies. And this hope for every person in recovery is healing. Healing of body, mind, spirit, relationships. An issue of Guidepost magazine some time back included a moving story of a man whose wife died in a Boston hospital. And the next day the man got on a train for the rain back to his empty home in Trenton, New Jersey. And the train was slowly filling and a young woman came and slipped in the seat beside him. And with a thick tongue, the man said, Miss, perhaps it would be better if you took another seat. I've been drinking ever since my wife died last night. And the young woman gave a startled look. She got up and moved to the front of the car. And the train started to move. And after a moment or two, the man saw the woman get up. She turned and came back and reoccupied the seat next to him. Nothing was said. The two of them rode on in silence. But just before leaving the train in New York, the young woman took the man's hand and just squeezed it. And that's all she did. But he said he has never forgotten that woman's act of compassion to him, a stranger. And it helped to lift his spirits at a time when he was in deep despair. I suggest to you that that was a witness to the resurrection. That was Christ at work on a railroad car. And Christ is at work today. And Christ is at work in you and in me. We may serve at the soup kitchen or at Greer Relief or Meals on Wheels or Favor Greenville or a hundred other agencies. And when we show compassion and when we show concern for others, we're bearing witness to the power of the resurrection. Let us pray.
Oh, Lord, we rely on your spirit to enable us to be your witnesses. Use us as your willing instruments. And may what we say, and especially what we do, reflect the love of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Let's affirm our faith. Would you stand? We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice, resist evil, to proclaim Jesus, crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life and death, in life beyond death. God is with us. We're not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. May be seated. We come now to give our tithes and offerings. Um, do we have friendship pads that are being passed around? Um, if you would sign those, please. And um, if there's a contact information that any of our visitors would like to put on there, we would love to have that.
please stand and sing this last one with us. Down on my knees, I learned 
Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my Everybody.